Well, everyone, welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Very, very excited to have a very uh, special guest on the program today. Uh, but this is Rabbi Weiss, and he is a part of, and I hope I'm saying this correctly, and if not, correct me, the, the Nutria Carta. And uh, he is a, uh, an Orthodox uh, Jew who is against Zionism. And often, whenever, uh, as a Christian, if you take a stand against Zionism, people will accuse you of being anti-Semitic and hating Jews. And I'm afraid they don't understand Zionism uh, a lot of them do not understand the negative impact Zionism has on many of the Jewish people. Um, you've been seeing a lot of protests go on, a lot of anti-Zionist protests. And one of the things that I'm not seeing on the news media, but often there are many Jews standing with these people. And Rabbi Weiss is one of them. Uh, they're very active uh, in protests against Zionism. And, uh, and so I want you to hear these things from him. I am, uh, you know, I, I'm not Jewish, uh, but uh, it doesn't mean uh, I can't get some facts right. But maybe if you hear it from them, it will help. And so, Rabbi Weiss, thank you so much for coming on the program today. If you want to just introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about the Nutricarta, and correct me if I'm saying that wrong. Right. Okay. So uh, with the help of the Almighty, my name is Rabbi Yisroel David Weiss from Neture Karta International, Jews United Against Zionism. Uh, and I pray to the Almighty to bestow upon me his truth, his wisdom, that I may be worthy of conveying his message. And so uh, with the help of the Almighty, sanctify his name and bring peace to the world. Um, it's a privilege, it's an honor to be uh, on your show that I would, the, uh, that the purpose is of course, to educate the world, as you're saying, that the world should understand what this conflict is about in the Holy Land, this terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, basically, the world, as you've said, uh, sees this conflict, this, uh, this terrible quagmire, this terrible uh, war that's actually now happening, as a, a war between religions, between Muslims and uh, Jews. And they look at this as a hate uh, between the two people, between Arabs, and it could even, not necessarily Muslim, but, uh, but Christian Arabs also, and Jewish people. And um, the solution seems to them to be sort of create a divide between the two, between Jews and Muslims, and to give uh, the Jews their state, their homeland, and um, and and that will be the remedy if that they, uh, they will be under the powers of the Jews, that they'll have a very powerful army and so forth, and then they'll be able to protect themselves from the bitter enemies, from these uh, the, the Arabs and Muslims, and that seems to and if it's not working, then you have to make a high walls and uh, to separate the two and more uh, more arms, more bombs and so forth. Now, this is the Zionist narrative, but in truth, the, it is, this is a terrible, terrible uh, tragedy. It's a, what the Arabs call, the, the Palestinians call the Nakba. It is a colossal tra a, a calamity, it's, it's, and it's totally false. Jews, with the help of the Almighty, Jews have been living with Muslims in every single Muslim land for hundreds and hundreds of years, and in fact, not only they were living together, but the Jewish people, when they were suffering in Europe, there were blood libels, when there were uh, the famous Inquisition, where they tried to forcefully convert Jews uh, away from their religion, and they burnt them at the stake, they tortured them uh, they, by the Crusades. And all these times in history, until recently, to around 100 odd years ago, the Jews, uh, ran away and were embraced and taken into the homes, into the uh, countries of the Palestinian, I'm sorry, of the Muslim people, including in Palestine, uh, which was under the Ottoman Empire for hundreds of years. And the, the Jews, as distinctly religious Jews, dressed as I do or whatever other religious uh, customs, the way, depending what land they came from, and they flourished. The Jewish people flourished in the Arab and Muslim lands. We put out our greatest scholars 
Torah authorities, uh, leaders of the Jewish people from the Arab Muslim lands. Case in point is Maimonides was in Egypt. Maimonides is called the Rambam by us, a blessed memory, who was a codifier of Jewish law. But that is just one example of the, throughout the many generations we live together. Jews and Muslims, Jews and Arabs live together in the same courtyards, babysat each other's children. I have a, different books. I carry one that's just some pictures. And here you see how, just like the history, how we used to live together in peace uh, and harmony. And uh, this was the old time. We, we lived even in the same courtyards. Many of our co my colleagues are children and grandchildren of Jews who lived in the old city of Jerusalem. And they actually really babysat each other's children and took care of each other and helped each other in business and on and on and on. So now, what changed? There is something that came about a little over 100 years ago, a political, a material nationalist movement called Zionism. And this Zionism put a new face on what Judaism is. And since the introduction of Zionism into the Holy Land, there has been strife, mistrust. A rift was driven between the Jewish people and the other communities that were co that were living till then coexisting in uh, the Holy Land. So there was a beautiful fabric in the Holy Land. It was it was Jews, Muslims, Christians living together in the old city and throughout Palestine, and nothing seemed to disturb this coexistence. There was no United Nations. There were no human rights groups to protect, and yet they coexisted. And again, they were distinctly religious. We're talking about the most religious communities of Jews from the Holy Land, which considered uh, the Ivy League of Judaism was the Holy Land. And uh, rabbis would retire and live off their lives. So from every community around the world, you would have the elite living there. Nobody went there to aspire to become a millionaire, become rich. It wasn't what you, people went to retire and live in the Holy Land. And they lived amongst, again, the very religious Muslims and Christians. Zionism, Judaism is a religion of 3,000 years, actually. It's a, a Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu went on Mount Sinai and took the Torah. We made a covenant with God to be subservient to God, to uphold the laws of the Torah. That is what Judaism is, has never changed. We're forbidden to change even one letter of the Torah, and we strictly adhere to that Torah that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu to Moses. That's what it means to be an Orthodox Jew, that, that we strictly adhere and we realize it's from God, we recognize it's from God, and we cannot change a word of it. Zionism started around 150 years ago, um, and it is a transformation from this subservience to God in pure nationalism, to have a land, to have an army, to have an Olympic team, to have all the strappings of a, a country. The ones who created this movement were almost entirely non-religious, or I should say maybe entirely, but I'm sure they were single out some that were religious. But here you have a picture of Ben-Gurion, the first prime minister, minister reading the Declaration of Independence in 1948, in Independence Hall, when they declared the state. And if you look at the dais, you'll see not one of them, it seems, is covering the heads, which Jews are required to cover the heads to show that we believe in a God. And this is in Stars of David trying to show that it's a Jewish state and, and the declaring of, of the Jewish state. And yet you don't see any symbols, any that the leaders, the ones who are sitting in the declaration of that Jewish state, that's what they're calling it, the state of Israel. And yet you don't see a rabbi there. So we have to understand that this is a hypocrisy, that the whole real reason of the creation of this state was a, a bunch of individuals who got together and for their private uh, aspirations, what they wanted, they wanted to have their national home. And in order to, go, uh, to gain legitimacy, they simply masqueraded. They put on a facade. They used the Star of David. They called it Israel. Uh, they were not religious. They didn't keep the Ten Commandments. They didn't keep the Sabbath. The basics of what Judaism is, that we believe God created the world in six days, the seventh day he rested. All the co concepts of Judaism, they scorned they uh, totally uh, discarded and they simply used the, the, the 
how the trappings, the, uh, the shell of Judaism, that it should be have the Star of David, the name Israel, things Israel is Jacob in the Bible. They use names and symbols, the menorah, all to, to, for the world. They could present themselves as legitimate uh, uh, heirs to the Holy Land. That the Torah, God says in the Torah 3,000 years ago that he gave us that we should go up to the Holy Land and serve him over there. They use this concept of that and that the Jews lived there 3,000 years ago. They use this to solidify, to, to legitimize their taking over of the land. The rabbis around the world stood up in opposition. They stood up right away when they were still, prior to their coming to the Holy Land, when they were still in Europe, because Zionism started in Europe, in Austria, in, um, in, in, in the, the Herzl was from there, from Vienna, Austria. And um, the rabbis would put out a book called The Rabbis Speak Out, 130 years, this was written years ago, th um, 130 years, uh, a record of religious Jewish opposition to Zionism. And here we have compiled the major rabbis from around the world, from all the around the world communities, whether it's from Jerusalem or from Poland or from Hungary or from all East, all Eastern Europe and the Sephardic lands, they all stood up as one and said, excuse me, this is not Judaism. They have no right to speak in our name. This is a movement that's on the contrary, it's uh, contradictory to Judaism. Uh, um, again, we remember in the essence, it's to say that they have a right to take a land, they they refute the words of the Almighty. In essence, instead of saying Judaism is to be subservient to God, these guys said, no, it's a whole different concept, it's nationalism. So in essence, it's a real, it's a heresy. In essence, another part of it is that they said, when you speak about, they said, we need a land to protect us, we need to have an army, something, so, they, so we start telling them, what do you mean, we believe God protects us, the ruler of the world, he protects, he watches, we, he gives rewards, he gives punishments, we have to understand when something bad happens, God forbid. So they scorn us and they laugh at us and they say, yeah, we was God by the Inquisition, we was God here, we was God. So in other words, they they, they spew, they, they, they declare that God cannot protect us and you have to have their guns to protect us. So it's really rooted in blasphemy. Secondly, the, the whole creation of the state is, in, is a... A rebellion against a certain concept of Judaism is that 2,000 years ago, Jews again took the Torah 3,000 years ago. We went into the Holy Land as commanded by God as a nation, but we, um, but we were told that we have to be in a very high level of holiness to remain there. And by the way, anybody who would not serve idols were allowed to stay in the land. It was totally God's will. We went and we, they went in through miracles. The walls of Jericho sunk in. It was a godly. Um, um, elevation was a godly um, going into the Holy Land as a nation. But then we were told in the Torah, it says very explicitly, that if we're not on the level that is required of this holiness, we will be, the land will reject us like a body rejects a foreign object. You have to, if somebody needs a, a transplant, they have to constantly give medication. The body should not reject it. The, the Holy Land is a holy place. And we were warned by the in the Torah, and then later by the prophets Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. All of them warned the Jews that if they're not going to remain on, be on this high level, they will, the land will reject us. God will send us out. And that happened a thousand years later, around two thousand years ago, with the destruction of the temple that King Solomon built, and then, and basically, we were dispersed amongst the nations. We were dispersed amongst the nations, and God then. Put us on the oath, which is King Solomon wrote with prophecies. Also, he wrote Shir Hashirim, Song of Songs. We said that God warns the Jews: Do not attempt to return and mass in large numbers to the Holy Land. Do not re attempt uh, to rebel against any nations. A Jew has to be a loyal citizen in every land he lives in, whether it's Iran, whether it's Canada, U.S., wherever you're living, you have to be a loyal citizen. Do not try to. And do not try to end exile. So we put on the three O's. Do not return in mass. Do not uh, try to rebel against uh, the, the concept of exile. Do not rebel against the nations. Do not attempt to any manner, shape, or form end exile. So even if a land would be uninhabited, in an empty land, in a desert, we as Jews are forbidden to create our own sovereignty because it's a decree of exile by God. And we say it in our prayers we say, every Jew says it, because of our sins, we were sent from the land. So as individuals, 
we were allowed to remain there. We did through history, like I said, retired rabbis, people who wanted to live in a very holy land would go there. But as a nation, to create a sovereignty, a kingdom, a state, that is forbidden. Now, added to that, the Zionists actually, these, as I say, they were non-religious. They didn't care for that. They wanted nationalism. They wanted to go Uganda, Patagonia, next to lush lands, productive lands, where they'll be able to have a fruitful existence. So in those days, this was before the the time of um, computers and so forth. You you know you had to have a productive land. But then they decided in the 1890s they had a meeting in Basel, Switzerland. They decided that it would be best to go to Palestine. Why? Because to create a country, you need massive support from the world. So they knew that if they'll go to Palestine, they decide it's very simple. They'll tell the evangelists, the Christians, the children of Israel returning to the land of Israel, and they'll be able to gain, gain a massive amount of support for millions of people. Then the Jews who are non-affiliated, who are not practicing Judaism, who don't know their religion, they could count on them also. They'll use emotions. They said, look, we suffered so long, and every Jew prays and talks about uh, returning to the Holy Land, that God should take us back. Every Jew prays to return to the land, but not as a conquest of taking that piece of land. Our prayer is that God, with his compassion, should end the exile where all humanity will recognize that there's one God, and then he will return us and we will serve him. There will be uh, Mashiach, who said the Messiah, where we all will serve God in harmony, and God will build the temple without any human intervention. So our aspiring for and our Yearning is always for the revelation of God, a metaphysical change in the world where we will stop being atheists. It will be another concept. To take any steps in that direction with a human uh, intervention, to go and try to create a state is ridiculous because it's a spiritual. Only God could do that when God seems, sees it fit. Prior to that doing, God warned us. God foresaw there'll be people like this. So he forewarned us. He said, don't return in mass. Don't attempt to end that. Because so, you can't. You can't fight God. You can't shoot the, the spiritual, you know, thing, uh, against spirituality. So it won't help. Not only that, but God warned us it will bring a calamity, catastrophic results. So Jews would we understood that we are forbidden to do this, that it's a rebellion against God to make a state. But the Zionists, when they, they decide Palestine would be the perfect place to go because they'll get support, the Jews yearn to return, and they'll tell them, oh, we are the, they call it Eschalta de Geula, beginning of redemption. That's the words they use for their state, the beginning of redemption, Eschalta de Geula, and they tell the Christians it's easy. Children of Israel have to return to the home, the land of Israel. To the non-affiliated Jews, they tell them mostly non-religious are the supporters, and they tell them, yeah, it's, you know, you've always said in the, Passover at night, the coming year in Jerusalem. This is what it means. We're, the, we're that dream that you were waiting for 2,000 years. And all their advertisements have these emotional music, and they say, we are returning to the land. Now, by returning to, to the land, to Palestine, to create the state, they are, of course, um, uh, 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 automatically um, taking the homes away from the indigenous people that were living there. Now, who, who was living in Palestine? You had three communities, basically. You had the Muslims, that was the largest community. Then you had the Christian community. And then you had a Jewish community. Now, the Muslim community, obviously, and the Christian community were totally not ready to, to all of a sudden become uh, citizens of the Jewish state. That's ridiculous, and they were they were obviously against that. But even the Jewish community that was living there was God-fearing. As I said, they were the elite of Judaism, and therefore all the rabbinical authorities, everybody who was living there for hundreds and hundreds of years stood up in a position. In the 1920s, there was Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Zonnefeld of blessed memory. He went to meet with the king of Transjordan, and he even wrote articles in, in, in the Arabic newspapers, and he pleaded with them. We have a lot of his writings that he said, I, we do not aspire to take over your land. We don't want to take your holy places, the Temple Mount, uh, the Al-Aqsa. Um, we don't want all of this. Uh, we're not interested in it. We don't, it's, it's against our beliefs and so forth. So then he passed on. The next chief rabbi, nothing to do with the Israeli rabbinate or the chief rabbi. That's just part of their farce, of their uh, con job. You know, that they have Israel, they use the Star of David, they made a rabbinate, chief rabbi. But we have a rabbinate that's there. We have a community called Eid the this God-fearing community. When this rabbi, Zonnefeld, 
of Blessed Memory passed away, the next chief rabbi was Rabbi Dushinsky. And he met, he was at the time in 1947 when, the, when they were going to create the State of Israel. He met with the delegation of the United Nations and he, play, he pleaded with them and he said, we furthermore wish to express our definite opposition to a Jewish state in any part of Palestine. Imagine that. You have a very religious Jew who's representing the Jewish community that were there, hundreds of thousands of Jews, and he says, we don't want a Jewish state. Regardless, he wasn't worried about um, the, or thought about, um, you know, he, was, he wasn't a prophet. He couldn't know that what the hell terrible the 75 years of bloodshed that will come out of the state. He simply said, we don't want this. They're falsely representing us, the Zionists. And then they went on, um, 1948, there was the war of, of the independence of the state of Israel, the occupation, that's what it is, not independence. And here you see the rabbis actually, you don't see the top of this picture, Rabbi Chazan representing the Sephardic community, going out to the Jordanians, with a white flag to give over the Jewish community to the palace, to the Jordanians, who was the, was the army. And they, and they did give over the community to them. He passed on that rabbi. And then you have, by the next taking up of the next rabbi, whose name was Rabbi Yitzhak Weiss, um, um, no, the next one was Rabbi Teitelbaum, who actually, with the name Chief Rabbi of Palestine, moved to New York. And we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Jews around the world who consider themselves, and as I do, uh, students of this Rabbi Teitelbaum, who was the chief rabbi of Palestine in blessed memory, and he urged people to leave, not to remain under the Zionist control, because after 1948, it was already under Zionist control. The, the England, uh, first the British gave them support, then this, the United Nations ratified the country, the state of Israel. So the Jewish communities in the hundreds of thousands refused to accept this. Here, when uh, when that this chief rabbi, who I said moved to New York, passed on, you have a picture where they're taking up the next chief rabbi in 2002 of his Quran. And um, you can see tens, and there was hundreds of thousands around. It's just in this street, you have tens of thousands. In Kikar Shabbos, it's like the Times Square in, 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 the, old, in, in the city of Jerusalem, this is the picture. Here you see in front of uh, the White House, the, again, the religious community, because invariably, around the world, the very religious community is in total opposition to this state of Israel because it's against our belief. So here you see them demonstrating against Netanyahu when he's meeting with the uh, president of the United States. It says, Bibi Netanyahu does not, uh, uh, and the state of Israel does not represent world Jewry. Uh, Israel has no right to rule over any part of the, of, of the Holy Land. So basically, this the concept of creating the state is against our hold the belief of exile, we're not allowed to have it. And of course, when they went to Palestine, they did it by oppressing the Palestinian people, not simply oppressing, occupying. And they drove people from the towns, over 400 villages um, were, were destroyed. They went and, 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 and with the, first they tried to buy the land, but then the Muslims and the Arab people saw, at the beginning they sold it to them because they didn't realize, they thought that just like the Jews that were living there, for hundreds of years, they're friends. And all of a sudden they realized that these people want to take over control. So they did. They stopped wanting to sell it to them. And then they went and they massacred their Yassin, a town and so forth and on. Our Jews since then have been demonstrating day and night in the city of Jerusalem and our Palestine. We never carry guns. We simply stand up and demonstrate. Here you see every boy and girl, there's mandatory Israeli uh, military service. Here boys and girls who turn 17 from our community, um, become criminals because we refuse to serve in the army. Here you see a girl, they, they force them into army uniforms. She be, she's behind bars. She's carrying a prayer book and crying because they refuse to serve in the army. Here you see how they're, they're simply demonstrating. We're never carrying guns. We demonstrate and they get boys, children, boys, old men, children get arrested, get beaten by the Israeli army. By You can see we have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of pictures of, of the brutality. Here they're trampled with horses. They run to, into us with cars. They, 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 they actually assassinate rabbis. They uh, arrest constantly. If this would happen in any land around the world, they would, there would be a scandal. Netanyahu would be right over there and, 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 and call anti-Semitism and, and ask for restitution for the state, of course. 
Here you see they're spraying them with uh, with it's called stink uh, water. So it destroys their coals to discourage them from the, from demonstrating. The poor people, their coals get ruined. I go on and on and on with this. Here you see in the streets of Jerusalem. Um, here, stop Zionist terrorist massacre in Gaza. These are demonstrations of Meir Sha'arim, where the Jewish people live in the city of Jerusalem. Again, this is when they here women. You know, usually you don't see women outside there. You see here. You see um, we, when they made the PLO. So our rabbi, we had a rabbi to represent us in the Palestinian Authority. The Zionists poured acid in his face and blinded him in one eye, and he was barely able to see from the other. We could go on and on and on. Here you see Palestinians um, in Lebanon when there was the Asabr Sheltila, there was the attack in Lebanon, and there was a fight between Muslims and Christians that was the Zionists uh, was supposed to be under their protection. So the, to, the, the Yasser Arafat sent his soldiers to protect the Jewish synagogue, and nobody even talks about that. Mm. Here we went to Gaza. Basically, the, the oppression, the murder of the people in Palestine is being done in the name of Judaism because that's the narrative that Zionism created. They tell the they tell the United Nations we are a Jewish state. We represent Jews. They use the Holocaust also, of course, because they say, "Look, Jews suffered so much at the Holocaust, and the world was silent." So they use that uh, guilt feeling of people around the world that they were silent, and they, and and they and the good intentions of people around the world who have uh, compassion and so forth, and they say, "Help us create the state." And the world helped them create this state. And so they use compassion, guilt of the world of, of the Holocaust. They use the concept that it's a religious issue, that it's Judaism, and that the Arabs... Then they, some people started asking questions. Why are people in Palestine fighting you? What's the reason? So they say, oh, because they hate the Jews. They're ingrained hate from the Arabs and the Muslims to the Jews. So all of this is repugnant. It's disgusting. It's, it's, it's unacceptable because Jews, as I was saying, beside that we're not about to kill or steal, we have to show gratitude for good done to us. The Muslim countries were the ones who took us in through for hundreds of years when we were being oppressed in Europe. And now, because these people, this movement of Zionism, this group of people wanted to establish their country and they simply had a problem because there were people living there. So in order to dismiss them and to uh, disqualify them, that they shouldn't be able to gain, to, to have a voice in the world, so they, they, they labeled them as anti-Semites, that they hate the Jews. That is so repulsive. Like I said, we have not only we can't we're not show ingratitude, but they turn it on its head. All of a sudden, all these peoples with one stroke of a pen, with one, all of them become the Muslims who are supporting the Palestinian people, and all the Muslims and the people of Palestine become anti-Semites. They're not anti-Semites. They lived with us. We lived in the same houses, in the same courtyards. We babysat each other's children. I have many of my members from our communities who are eight-generation Palestinian and more. They remember. They, they how everyone, every old Palestinian, every old Muslim, every old Jew could tell the stories of how we lived together in, in Iraq and Iran and Tunisia and Egypt and Yemen and uh, Morocco and, and in Palestine. We lived together. And everyone will tell you his beautiful little uh, story of how the family had some story of how we lived together and helped each other. What changed? Zionism came along. They decided to create a nationalist home. And because of that, they, they, they vilify the people of Palestine. Because of that, there is death, there is suffering, there's bloodshed, there's occupation. And the rabbis from day one till today beg and plead with the world, listen to our voices, just like you, you, would, give, uh, 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 you would give recognition, you would give respect to the Pope and to priests when they talk about Christianity or to the imams, uh, sheikhs, ayatollahs, when you speak about Islam, when you're speaking about Jews, all of a sudden we get canceled. The whole Jewish community come to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It's the largest community outside of uh, Meir Sharm in Palestine, the, the, of the, the concentration of religious Jews. There, there's not one Israeli flag. They are all opposed to the existence of the state of Israel. Yet, and we're talking about distinguished scholars, great Torah authorities. You will go to Jerusalem, Meisharim, where the Jewish community was that lived first in the old city, then they moved there. That's the community that was there for hundreds of years. And they all declare that the, the Zionism is not Judaism. 
is contradictory to our religion. We're not allowed to steal or kill. Steal or kill. We're not allowed to correct. So, and our voices are totally ignored. People are getting murdered on the streets of Jerusalem, as I showed you. They and, and beaten uh, uh, constantly. Nobody's near to listen to our voices. We've been pleading. We've gone many times, demonstrated in front of the United Nations. We've pleaded uh, many times through the years. Our community from Williamsburg or goes out in front of the United Nations. Um, in, in, in here, which tells we can show all these pictures in front of here. This is in uh, in Foley Square in, in Brooklyn, or or may, maybe you know, in front of the Congress. We're always demonstrating, pleading, mm -hmm. telling the world this is not our religion. Yet the world just takes what the Zionists say as a, a given, a, a, the, the true narrative, and they support them. And if anybody dares to somehow, uh, say something's wrong here or start talking about the Palestinian suffering or, um, you know, shows, tells a little too many times a story of our demonstration. They're threatened by the Zionists, by they have, uh, if any politician speaks up, they have APAC, um, uh, which is the uh, American-Israeli Political Alliance Committee, where they put pressure on every, uh, on every politician um, and and if they, if anyone dares show sympathy or speaks up against Israel for anything at all, they're right away threatened by them, and they can lose their jobs. As, uh, the, uh, Congressman Finley wrote a book about that. He was four four or five time incumbent uh, a congressman, and he spoke something against the state of Israel or in support of the Palestinians. And the next time he ran, he lost because they put a nobody, somebody without a name against him, and they and they put in, they infused money beyond belief, and the other person won. They do, they do that all the time. People take that as an example. They're afraid to speak up. The newspapers, the media, if anybody dares speak up against what they're doing, they're right away labeled anti-Semitic. We're called self-hating Jews. It's just ridiculous because, again, it is so clear that across the world, around the world, if you go to London, that Stamford Hills is the very religious community. Williamsburg, Brooklyn is here. You go to uh, uh, Montreal, Bois uh, Boyant. You go to the religious communities. The very religious invariably will be against the existence of the state. So how come the world totally ignores this voice and, and deems anybody who speaks up against Zionism as anti-Semitic? So that is why we as Jews stand up and plead, and today, at this terrible, terrible time in history where people are being murdered, there's bombs. While we're sitting here, I most probably can say that most probably a hundred suffering from excruciating pain, children, women, men, simply there's no medicine, there's no anesthesia, there's no, there's nothing to treat them. And they're pleading with the world, have pity, have pity on us. Why is this happening? Why is the world silent? And the world seems just like, turns, they, they close their eyes, they turn around as if nothing, because they have become so vilified, the Palestinians, and because Israel says, why these people were murderers, they came out to murder us. Now, we're not condoning violence. Mm -hmm. I'm not condoning violence, none of us, we hurts us. But we're saying, but how could they insult the intelligence of the world when you see the history we lived together for hundreds of years. When you look at the fact that there's simply a, an occupation of a people, and if you do that, there will be response. We're not condoning the violence. And we've seen that there's so much bloodshed. Not only the Palestinians have died, but this what started this, they say October 7th was 14, with uh, 1,400 people were murdered. 1,400 people were murdered. So now they're going to try to obfuscate and divert and they say, oh, it's Hamas, we're gonna get that Hamas. Now, wait a second. How dare you? You you actually have it 75 years. There was Intifada 1. There was Intifada 2. There was the PLO. There was always bloodshed. There was, um, there was uh, um, 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 suicide bombers. There was so many things happening. And every time you insisted that you should get more arms and you're going you're, you're gonna, to uh, punch that square into a circle. And, and, and you were given it. Everybody humored you. you. They gave Israel more and more arms and more arms. And every time more Jews are dying besides the Palestinians that every day are dying, but more Jews are dying. So when you, how dare you, when 1400 people died, how dare you start talking about that it happened because of Hamas, when you are clearly responsible because of a political nation called the state of Israel, remove 
the impediment to peace, remove this flawed, selfish, political movement called Zionism, the state of Israel, then we have a history of coexisting Jews and Muslims without any United Nations, without any League of Nations, without anything. We lived in peace. So how does the world buy into the story? How and then support them, give them bombs to kill children and more children. Every country, again, we, we, we stress, we're not condoning violence. It hurts us the death of people. But when if you're going to take Rhode Island, the smallest state we have, and you're going to, um, somebody, China's going to say, we have too many people in China. We need just one little state. And they're going to grab China. What is the American people going to do? Mm. Tell me what they're going to do. How are they going to respond? They're going to make, they may try to do it on a peaceful way, but what's going to happen eventually? An action brings a reaction. This is in, inevitable. It had to happen. Is the Zionist hands are covered in blood. Who is anti-Semitic? What is the essence? What is the, uh, the picture, uh, the, the, the concept of Zionism, the state of Israel? It, it, it exacerbates hate for the Jews around the world. It exacerbates anti-Semitism. And they are anti-Semitism. Jews are dying because of their flawed 75-year-old um, uh, project. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, it insults the logic, the intelligence of the world. So we plead with the world, stop and desist. Make a first of ceasefire, give them all the medical attention and water, everything that they're not being given. And let's free the world from this quagmire. Right. Well, and, and man, I appreciate you saying this so much because something that, you know, I can relate to and I is as a Christian, I do believe there are people who have done many horrible things in the name of Christianity even against Jewish people. And I don't believe that's Christianity. You know, I, we say as Christians, those people hijacked our religion. And it seems like what you're saying is your religion has been hijacked by a religious or by a political movement. And what's sad to me is most Christians, they've never actually sat down and talked with somebody like yourself. They've only listened to what the politicians are saying, who are always causing division, even within our own country and they, most Christians, and I was there at one time, they think the way, you know, they're taught to love Jewish people, and they think their way of doing that is supporting the state of Israel. And many Christians, they fly uh, the Zionist flag in their church. They promote Zionism. You have Nikki Haley, a presidential candidate who tweeted out, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And Christians are like, that's right. And Many Christian people, they look at somebody like yourself and they think, you know, I want, I want to be a blessing to that person, so I'm going to support the nation of Israel. And I'm trying to tell them that's offensive to, to people like you. They don't understand the, the differences in those things. And so, you know, I, I'm glad to hear it from you because I've been being accused of being anti-Semitic because of uh, my stand against Zionism. But I'm glad to hear you saying that that anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. I think you've explained how it's bad for the Jewish people. And like right now, I'm watching other Christians double down on their support for Israel because of the rise in anti-Semitism that's going on right now. But you said the these uh, Zionist movements are what provoke a lot of anti-Semitism because people see it is a Jewish thing. And I, I think you've explained it well, how it's not. And so, you know, just kind of a, a question though. So, you know, that I have for you, how are you typically treated by Zionist Jews? Well, with the help of the Almighty, thank God we have our communities that are very insulated. We have very large communities. Uh, like I say, in Brooklyn, New York, where the chief rabbi of Palestine moved himself and remained with the title for, I don't know, it was 30, 40 years, he remained chief rabbi, Rabbi Teitelbaum, with blessed memory, Rabbi Yoel Teitelbaum. In fact, there's a community upstate, Monroe, New York, and there's all over the world, there are students and schools, many schools that are from his followers, and he urged everybody to come out. So we, uh, a lot of the Jews moved to, to the area where he was living in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So we have our own schools, totally anti-Zionist, our own uh, everything, um, our own 
basically from uh, from cradle to, to the, you know they have to, to, to cemeteries there's, there's it's all anti-zionist group people who are living so we can go to our stores we can go to our buying coming going we have no problem but um, we are harassed by the zionists and that is why there would be many many hundreds of thousands of literally who would come up and speak up against zionism in the state but they're fearful because right away they get targeted if I had this 50 states of in, in, in the United States, the, 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 the states, a lot of times people call me from many states. They want to speak up and they know they say they get targeted. Uh, there's only these insulated communities where we have our own life that we're able to speak. And still in all, we get um, my tires get slashed. Um, we get life death threats in Jerusalem in Meishar. We have, like I said, the very large communities of Jews who are anti-Zionist. They were living there prior to the state, and then many people moved in afterwards um, when they were refugees. Because um, even uh, there's whole long stories. After the Second World War, they didn't find a place where to go, and even the Zionists sought to put pressure on countries that they should not take the Jews in afterwards. And the Jews had to move up to Palestine. But these many Jews who were very religious remained anti-Zionist. And so when they lived in the Holy Land, in, the, in those places, they would go and demonstrate, as I showed you. Yet even this last week, my colleagues went and demonstrated, totally simply going out on the streets. And they had a Palestinian flag showing their support for the people of Palestine. And they, the Zionists came in, broke into the homes in the middle of the night, which is part of the psychological warfare. They broke into their homes, ruined, threw, destroyed their furniture, went into the synagogues and destroyed. They do it's like you wouldn't believe it. They say crystal nach, crystal nach. We have pictures. In fact, it's on Erez Seven, like one of the television stations. They had a couple of years ago. They had um, when the Zionists wanted a. a, a, a just uh, revenge on Jews who were demonstrating. They broke into a synagogue and it was caught and it was even shown on television there because it was some type of a conflict between different parties. So they showed it. Usually they don't show this, but they went in, they they, they beat people, they, uh, they they broke the feet of a small boy. You can see it. If everything was, is shown on the television, we have clips of that. They went in, that's what they did constantly. They break into homes in the middle of the night they confiscate everybody's computers and everything, and they and they, and they, they try to and and they arrest them for. So now they just this last week people went out and demonstrated because of what's happening, and they went and they were arrested. So this is ongoing. If it wouldn't be for this, they would you would hear a much larger voice against Zionism. Except maybe the media wouldn't even show that either. It's only like we have Al Jazeera television, um, uh, press TV from Iran. These show it, but the others simply do not even report on the so many voices of the people who are demonstrating. And really, it's, there would be many more. But yes, we're able to live because we have our communities. The ones who are outside of these communities that are living all over the United States and in Europe, a lot of them really can't demonstrate because of the vicious attacks of the Zionists. Mm. In London, they just had a few weeks ago, they had demonstrations in front of the synagogue that has a big sign outside that they're not Zionists. Uh, and on and on and on. They, they're always attacking the Jews who are outspoken. Why? It's, but they, they claim they're a democracy, which is a farce, of course. Mm. First of all, if it's a Jewish state, then you're not a democracy. Judaism means you're subservient to God. Yet they proudly announce that they don't keep the Sabbath. You can do what you want. It's a democracy. You just see the hypocrisy, the, the inconsistency in what they are. But, but they're not a democracy. And they don't want democracy. If we, you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to fly a Palestinian flag. You're not allowed to demonstrate. You're not it's all a farce and it's unacceptable and the world has to hear this the world has to hear it we plead with people do not be intimidated do when when they attack accuse you of being anti-semitic point to the very religious communities remember who we are we have given our lives for our religion for thousands of years my grandparents died in auschwitz my almost the majority of my family my father escaped from, from Hungary when the Nazis came in. My father-in-law was in Auschwitz, of blessed memory. Both of them passed on already. And the, our families gave, gave our blood for Judaism. And we are all proudly opposed to the, uh, to the Zionist state of Israel. We're not ashamed of it. We, are, we say this is not what Judaism is, and we will stand constantly against it with God's help. God should give us the strength. So if anybody gets attacked as anti-Semitic, they should always say, how come the very religious, the Ivy League of Jewish schools are anti-Zionist? Um, in in, in Meir Sharem, in Jerusalem, it's called Brisk, 
from Lithuanian schools that they considered the Ivy League of rabbinical schools and the, the Hasidic ones, they're anti-Zionist. So it doesn't mean you're anti-Semitic. On the contrary, like I say, uh, the, 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 the real uh, picture of anti-Zionism is the state of Israel. Yet, of course, they they try to convolute and, uh, you know, to fuse together the two. That's why they insist it's called the Jewish state because they want, they want the Muslims to say it's a Jewish state. So then they can say, you're an anti-Semite. And we plead with people, be careful, don't say the Jews or the Jewish state. Say, we, we are friends with the Jews. I used to plead, I'm, I have a white beard, thank God, to 120, I should have healthy years. But I used to, many years, I pleaded with people of, you know, who have oil companies, uh, oil countries who have, oil. I said, you have money, put advertisements in newspapers of the of the stories, the, the beautiful narratives, the, how we used to live together in peace and harmony. Show it. So that instead of that, that everybody should fall, you know, constantly hear the narrative of the Zionists that the Arabs and Muslims hate Jews, they should see the truth about history. I went to visit to Egypt. I went to visit in um, in Lebanon. I went to visit in um, uh, in Iran, in, in, in many countries, um, in, in uh, Yemen. The, you could see, this, first of all, in these countries, in, Rem, in, in Yemen and uh, Iran, they still have Jewish communities. In Iran, they definitely have. You, Yemen is now a big problem with the war, the civil war. But in, And they have big signs on the synagogue in Hebrew. And the Ayatollah Khomeini, was maybe the first, very, he very strongly said, we have nothing against Jews or Judaism, it's against Zionism. That's why the Zionists hate him so much, because he constantly, he did, and his, um, and, and today the Ayatollah Khamenei, they're very careful saying, we're not against Jews. And they have synagogues. When you go to Europe, they don't have big letters in Hebrew on the synagogues because they're afraid. And in Iran, they have on the synagogues big letters in Hebrew that it's a synagogue, and people go pray, pray there and this is it's also Zionism is is not the issue. So people have to be careful. They should be say we're against the state of Israel, against the Zionist state of Israel. And in fact, I've been thanked God by many demonstrations and many marches this last two weeks. And people are very careful. The leaders of these are very clear in the condemnation of the Zionist state of Israel. But they clearly say we're not against Jews or Judaism. It's very beautiful that part of it. It's a tragic time, but it's a and people should be careful. To, to really bring this out and, and, and do not be afraid. Speak up, speak up. It's God wants of us to speak up for what's uh, uh, today uh, it's uh, emergency. It's, it's, it's critical because of what's happening to the people of Gaza, the people of Palestine and other areas. And what's happening now because of that, there's a fear of anti-Semitism around the world. It's all because of the state. Let's be clear and speak up. Yep. Well, and so I, I got to ask you this, too, because this is something that blew my mind. I went to Israel back in December and I, and, and I talked to several Jewish people when I was over there. And something I was very surprised when I found this out, I, I did not know this. Most Christians do not know this, but I know as a uh, as a Baptist, one of the things that many uh, Christians teach, according to. Uh, our eschatology is many teach that the Jews are going to return to the land, which you said is contrary to the, you know Judaism to do that. But they teach before Jesus returns, the Jews are going to return to the land. And it's also taught that they're going to rebuild the temple as well. Well, when I went over to Israel, I talked to many people over there about the potential of rebuilding the temple. And I was shocked to find out that most Jews are not trying to get the, to build the temple, that you don't believe it should be built. You said it earlier, until the Messiah comes. So many Christians, the reason for their support of the state, Jewish state of Israel, as they would call it, is so they could get the temple mount and they could rebuild their temple, and they believe that will usher in the coming of the Messiah. But uh, based on what you're telling me and what they told me over there, that's not right. how your religion works at all. You're let not me, trying to build it. Something. Yeah, even more than that. I mean, we all, like I said, we every Jewish person says on the Passover, after we do the ceremony, whatever the Passover, we say at the end, the coming year to, in Jerusalem. Everybody says, none of our children ask us, hey, why don't you just buy a ticket and go? He said it last year. Why don't you buy? Because we, we teach them. They know I mean, the coming year in Jerusalem means the, the, the revelation of God's glory where all humanity will come up and serve him in harmony. It says, 
all the nations will join arms. Yes, echos. All the nations will join arms to serve God. So our our religion, the one of one of Judaism, is we were sent. We 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 took the Torah. We were sent into exile, and we will remain in exile until the Almighty will. In his compassion, we'll see it's time to return. All humanity will go up and serve him, and God will build the temple. But more than that, it's just uh, if you remember Sharon, who was you know was one of the prime ministers. If you remember, went up on the Temple Mount to make a statement and took a thousand uh, soldiers, and they went up and so because he was making a political statement, nothing more than that. Yet now, the Torah, we are warned that we are forbidden. Since the destruction of the temple, basically, we don't have that purity that's necessary. There's a certain uh, way of being purified that we cannot do now. And without that purification, we're forbidden to go up on that temple mount, on that area. And it's considered, if you do go up there, you're cut off from God. It's considered one of the worst crimes. So Jews are very careful never to attempt to go up there not because they are soldiers, not because the uh, Muslims um, or, or, or somebody's stopping us, nobody even, well, years ago and years ago, before Zionists took control, the, there was the WAC, it was under the WAC, and it still was under the WAC. And they used to give the Jews permission to go pray by the Temple Mount, and the rabbis and everybody would go pray by the Temple Mount. It was never a problem. The Jews had a place where they would pray. Never would we attempt to go inside, because that was it's just... We never asked for it. It's forbidden for us. So this is the way we used to live together. We used to pray there, and everybody was happy. It was perfect. Now, the, the Zionists, they totally ignore the words of God, and they go up on the Temple Mount. It, it's, it's according to almost across the board of the religious teaching. There are some who said they can go there, like they found some loopholes or whatever to go there. They are some, but as across the board, almost the very vast majority of the rabbinical authorities say it's forbidden. It's one of, it's criminal for us. It's considered one of the worst things to get a quarter off from God. But that issue, that issue of going up on the Temple Mount, they may found some somebody who's giving them backing, which is very questionable, but creating the state was certainly by everybody for me, because, for, like I say, the whole essence was created by a bunch of heretics who didn't keep the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath, and so forth. They, they, they wanted to transform Judaism to nationalism. They did it by oppressing the people. They did it by totally throwing away the concepts of exile, laughing and scorning on our religion. They still to today, they say, hey, where's God? You're coming with God. Where's God to protect you? It's one of the mantras of Zionism. We have to have the state of Israel as a uh, uh, insurance policy. You, you, what's even more interesting, just this last week, uh, two, not this last week, this last month, right before the high holidays, uh, that Prime Minister Netanyahu, which he always seems to have the gal, he went when he went, goes to the United Nations, he always speaks about, oh, God gave us the land. He speaks about, the, always he tries to base it on the Bible, always using the Bible, totally ignoring the fact that the rabbinical authorities around the world and the Jewish communities ostracized the Zionists from day one. In Europe, it's a, but but then he um, he made an, uh, this Jews many Jews go pray in Europe on the high holidays and it and it hurts he's very bothered by that because he wants everybody to go to the state so he made a whole uh, blasphemy he spoke basic blasphemy and said like you know that the Jews only only like he can protect only with his guns and everything not God or something like that so God just showed him exactly what where his guns and everything what he could do with it. You know, so basically, it's, it's just a very tragedy. It's a tra for us. It's a double nakba. The Arabs call it a nakba. To us, it's a double nakba because it's being done in our name. This terrible destruction of the Palestinian people, the people in Gaza. Like I said, we're out taught with God's help. We go out day and night, and we plead and we plead with everybody who ever has some. Uh, Power some way to come, to reach the congressmen, the senators, the people in power around the world, or some other manner to tell the world that they must really cease and desist, stop the slaughter of the people of Gaza. Like I say, imagine a person has a toothache, a headache. You start taking aspirins, and if you, a migraine headache, you can't you can't live for twenty after twenty. You go mad, God forbid. People are dying, their limbs blown off, they're lying there without anesthesia. It's, it's suffering, it's, it's beyond words, there's no words. Just to, and yet the world is allowing them to bomb. They're allowing them to bomb. We have to do whatever we can to speak up, to have 
to somehow, like I always give the example of apartheid. Apartheid is something that's clearly ungodly. I mean, they, the, the oppression of the black people, mm. right? And, and, and yet they were considered the most uh, distinguished, one of the most distinguished countries in the United Nations. And the, of course, the ambassador was His Excellency this, His Excellency that. Everybody was given respect. And the ones who stood up against them, Nelson Mandela and others, were, were, were considered not uh, terrorists arrested sitting in jail and today because who stopped that was it the politicians no the nations went on and considered them that it was the grassroots whose people who stubbornly just kept on standing up and protesting and protesting and, and and crying and talking that eventually they they made the world uncomfortable and 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 the uh, apartheid stopped and today and remember these were people who said they believed in god it was the people who said they believed in God who practiced this apartheid. Today, if you will ask any child, any normal human being, they'll say, of course, it's crazy. If, you, if, if they wouldn't study history books and you would tell them this happened, they would say, you must be joking. It couldn't have happened. It couldn't have been in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in an enlightened country where people who are godly people. How can you say that? This is the same thing that's happening here. To one day, they're going to turn around and people will say, how would we... Did we stand by silently or worse, stand and support and help this occupation, this terrible, terrible crime? We have to stand up. We have to pray to God because he's the almighty. We pray that he should bring about speedily and peacefully because he's capable of and doing that should be speedy and peaceful. The total end of the occupation, the end of the existence of this Zionist state of Israel, should even one inch of, it should be a, free, a land that's for the Palestinian people. Then we can live together in peace. But at the same time, we must speak, we must do. We must speak up and do what we can. Uh, well, I yeah, I definitely appreciate your time. I do just have one more thing because you know, I had a whole list of questions, but you've been giving the answers just in everything you're explaining. The things that I want I, I want people to know. But you've mentioned this too, uh, something that was also interesting to me because we're always hearing in the Christian world about how you know the Jews and uh, Palestinians, they've been fighting with each other for centuries. But as I've been studying things about the old city, Jerusalem, I do find it interesting how many traditions that they have going back hundreds and hundreds of years between the Christians, Jews, and Muslims. And it's like, you do, you, there have been wars throughout that area throughout time because of empires fighting with each other. But the people in that land, typically, they did, they they have got along great. You've, you've told me more about it that I didn't even realize, but it does seem like the Zionists it's, it's when, um, you know, America or the, you know, Britain and America, you know, they were the big supporters of, uh, the, the state of Israel and the ones who propped up Zionism. And it does, it seem like Zionism is what has caused all the turmoil over there. And I, I can't say that without getting accused of being anti-Semitic, but I'm glad to hear you say it, and I, I appreciate the fact that you're saying it. I know you probably take a lot of grief uh, for that, but um, I do think this is going to help people hearing this from you rather than me. It's so, like I said, we have people still alive to get today who uh, in their 80s, 90s, and they still remember with God's help, give more years. And I have the children and grandchildren and uh, uh, my relatives, and um, my son married uh, somebody who's a uh, uh, a, a grandchild, they moved out, the, the parents of the person who he married, my son married, because they didn't want to be under the occupation. But their grandparents and great-great-grandparents, they were all living there, and I went even to visit uh, uh, my daughter-in-law's grandfather, who just passed away this year, and, and he was in the old city of Jerusalem, and he was there when the uh, 1948 and um, when when there was the war, and he talked, and many of the other people told me the same story, how the, the, the rabbis of the old city refused to stand together with the Zionists, and the Zionists said they're going to kill them if they're not going to stand and fight with, with the Jordanians, and they did kill them, they killed people, and um, like I was showing you the picture, how the chief, one of the chief rabbis, there were two chief rabbis, there was of the... Uh, uh, of the of the Jewish um, Sephardic community, that's from, uh, this, and it was of the um, Ashkenazi community. So this is that picture I was showing you where the from the Sephardic community went out with a white flag. They shot at them. They actually shot him in his. He was injured. This rabbi, who was the head of the community, was shot in his leg while he was going out with this white flag 
to the to the uh, uh, Jordanian, and the Jordanians took the whole community and protected them. For, I think it was three quarters of a year. Three th uh, they watched the Jewish community because it was under their watch. They they it was under their control, and they took care of them. And and then after the war, they turned them over to the other side, to the uh, to the Israel. And these rabbis bemoaned this. They said we was we were so stupid. We should have. They didn't know what they they weren't politicians. They said we should have said no. We refused to go. We want to remain here on the Jordan, but that—that that was the story of the of the history of, like I say, the coexistence was there. The Zionists always like to say one of their stories, the talking points, is they say um, in 1924 there was a Hebron massacre. In Hebron there was a massacre of Jews. That was before the state. 1948 was the state. We have the documents. We have the uh, uh, a tape of Rabbi Baruch Kaplan. He was the one who was one of the uh, creators of a school called um, uh, called Beth Jacob, Beth, Beth Jacob. Thousands and thousands of, and tens of thousands around the world study in Beth Jacob school. It's a girls' school around the world. And he is one who, re, who it was made in Europe before World War II, and he was the one who uh, established it in the United States. He was a very distinguished rabbi, and he was in Hebron studying in that rabbinical college under Rabbi Epstein, of Hashem should avenge his blood. He was studying in that school over there. And he said they were living in peace and tranquility. They, the boys used to take strolls in the Arab neighborhoods. Everything was peaceful. And all of a sudden, the Zionists came in the 1920s, this is, and they came with guns on bicycles, and the rabbis from the school, he, he, they called them, they said, they sent out messages that these guys should come to them. They refused. They didn't respect the rabbis. So the rabbis went out to them and they said, what are you doing here in Hebron? So they said, we came to protect you. So the rabbis said, woe is unto us, they said. Because what they did was agitated. They created a fear, a Zionist hate, I mean, a, a, a Arab hate to the Jews. Now, we're not, again, condoning what happened there. But then they got together and they made a massacre in the city, the Arabs, because they didn't, uh, differentiate between Jews and Zionists. So they, it was a massacre. Now this rabbi was saved because he was living, he was like a, an adorning in an Arab house and the Arab locked the doors of his house so the ones, his, the ones who were there in that house were saved as there were some others. He cries when he tells the story. We have the tape of it. It's in Yiddish how he talked. And, he, and we transcribed it. We have it written. And, and he said we lived in total peace. It's purely because of Zionism. And because of this, and then he spoke about the state, and he said how they uh, desecrated the, the, the Temple Mount. They would go on the days of our fast and sing and dance, boys and girls together, which is forbidden. He speaks, and he said, they are the ones who bring this calamity about this death and suffering. And what he said in, in those days goes on till today. And But the, when the Zionists talk about this Hebrew, they always like to bring the Hebrew massacre, because they see the Arabs hated the Jews. Hebrew, this is a hundred years ago, over a hundred years ago, Zionism started. And they are the cause of blood and endless rivers of blood, mostly Palestinian and Jews, because of their totally illogical, totally selfish, flawed political um, entity. It has to be stopped. It will be stopped. And the, so, and the Torah says, why are you rebelling against me? It will not be successful. The state will end. We only pray to God, as I say, it should end. Peacefully and speedily. Okay. Well, I tell you, this was very, very informative. And, you know, religious differences should never turn physical. Okay. We have religious differences. And I, you know, I think people ought to be able to talk without shedding blood. And it's sad how much blood has been shed in the name of Christianity, even. It's, it's not right. It's not how these things ought to be done. And I appreciate you coming on here. And I do. I I apologize on behalf of many Christians who have been very supportive of the Zionist movement that is very harmful, destructive, detrimental to to Jews. And I don't know, you know, one of these days, I don't know if you would like to do this. I, I'd love to just have a talk with you just about some, you know, religious things uh, if you had the time, because I'd like for you to maybe hear it from somebody who's not tainted by Zionism and an idolatry and a lot of the things that have crept into Christianity that frankly I'm ashamed of. And so I think the common ground we have is we, I think we both feel like our religions have been hijacked and I, I know yours definitely has with some of the stuff you're telling me. I know mine definitely has with a lot of the stuff going on, but I appreciate your, um, you know, willingness to, to come 
and discuss these things with me. I do think it's going to be very informative. And I know many people who listen to this program will be hearing some of these things for the first time. And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad it came from you. So thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. God bless. Um, we'll be further in touch and spread it throughout as far you can with God's help. Uh, I, I will I will do that. So, well, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you, and uh, we will hopefully talk to you again soon. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting. Really appreciate him uh, coming on the program. If you want to check out their website, it is nkusa.org. Uh, right here, you can see some stuff on their Facebook page. Uh, you'll notice, too, there's a lot of videos of protests and things they're doing. And, and there's, I mean, there are a lot of these protests, these free Palestine protests, but I, the news media never shows them, you know, they're, you know, with the way they dress and everything, they're pretty easy to spot, but yet the news media doesn't seem to show these people in the pictures and images they show. And I think there's a reason for that, but, uh, yeah, this is a whole, this, you just need to admit it, Baptist. This is a whole new side of Judaism that you learned about today that you are not familiar with. You have been believing what the Republicans tell you, what Fox News tells you, what Benjamin Netanyahu, what the Zionists tell you. And so those of you calling me anti-Semitic, you owe me an apology. I will not hold my breath as I know how stubborn Baptists are, but you have been proven wrong today, ladies and gentlemen. You have been proven ignorant in your thoughts and ideas and political beliefs and all these things, you are—you don't even know what they believe about the Messiah, the rebuilding of the temple. You believe what prophecy preachers who are wrong in their eschatology have been telling you. And so this is a rebuke to mainly you Baptists out there buying in with this John Hagee, evangelical, Republican, Fox News talking points. You were wrong. And it's time for you to just own up to it and educate yourself a little bit. You don't know what you're talking about. So I hate to end in kind of a harsh note, but I don't know what else to say. This is a mic drop for me. And so uh, you don't know what you're talking about. And so anyway, I hope this was enjoyable to you. And I'm not going to lie. I'm, I have enjoyed making everyone's heads explode once again. So... Thank you all for watching this. God bless you. We will see you all next time.